All right, welcome to this episode, uh, which is going to cover Billion Dollar Whale. Uh, Where to start? Oh, gosh. So I had a friend, former colleague, that was uh, very excited about this book coming out. He, his parents were from Hong Kong, uh, and so he was hyping it big time, and I started audiobooking it, and I was like, wow, this is really boring, this is really dumb, uh, and I so, I so I stopped listening to it, then it covers uh, the uh, 1MDB scandal, it's a Malaysian sovereign wealth fund that gets intertwined with Goldman Sachs, and they uh, do massive debt offerings, and Goldman Sachs has had to pay back uh, large sums of money to Malaysia, Um, and so basically it's just the rise and downfall of this guy, Joe Lowe, who um, basically he eventually gets undone because the FBI starts coming after him to uh, to seize assets basically in um kind of money laundering schemes and and also but mainly because um the malaysian people um get sick of the corruption that they don't even know how deep it goes and vote out his supporter because basically he had a connection with the prime minister this najib guy but it, yeah, so I, I, I stopped listening to it because I was like, this is just horrible. I had a friend finish it and I was like, is it any good? And he's like, no, it's like a, you know, it's like a long newspaper article, which I guess would make sense because it's written by the uh, two guys from the Wall Street Journal. But I guess what I would say is this is the absolute opposite of bad blood. I mean, bad blood is also, you know, a story about a con artist and about greed uh but it's actually written by i mean i I, you know it's probably not fair to compare uh tom wright and bradley hope to john carey rue um you know but this is uh and i think he john carey actually um went through a lot more like personal danger but also it's very interesting that the wall street journal seems like it's the kind of beacon of hope to um, uncover these different scammers, uh, and actually, I, I think I recognized, I, I, I had, didn't look it up, but I think, I want to say that, um, uh, both, I think Joe Lowe might have hired boys, this law firm boys out of New York, I think, to lobby, uh, to, uh, Trump, um, trying him back, and I, I, I feel like that was who, uh, was hired by old Elizabeth Holmes um, to try and uh, attack Carrie Rue in the Wall Street Journal and, and get things going on their side, but I, I could be wrong. Uh, but basically, so I found myself at a lunch at work where the head of my uh, uh, the, the, whatever, the firm that I work at, the business interest that I work at, it's relatively small. It's about uh, 40 people uh, and the main offices, I don't know, 25 or something like that. But the head of our company talking about how great this book was. And I just, I thought, wow, that's really sad. I th- maybe he's more interested in it because he, you know, has been to all the places in Saint-Tropez or he, I don't know, like he, uh, 
I don't know. I mean, yeah, so this Joe Lowe guy, basically, he came from Malaysia, and he went to Harrow, which is one of the best boarding schools in the UK, and then he went on to Warden, um, which I never was exactly quite clear how he got into Warden, because he doesn't seem like he is smart enough to have, have gotten into Warden, um, but I don't know if, if there's they greased the wheels there or, or what happened or or if he was actually quite intelligent. He basically, he, he knew about how to structure uh, uh, offshore investments and things. And so then he just took that to its natural conclusion. Uh, and um, but anyhow, so my, so my boss started talking about it. And then I was in a week goes by and uh, my my direct boss is now reading the book and another colleague that I work with is reading it. I thought, okay, well, and they're talking, Oh, it's great. It's great. And I, I couldn't handle that and told them what I thought, but I, I didn't tell them that I had only read slash listened to 20% of it. Uh, and then I checked with my buddy. It turns out, yes, he did read it. He loved it. And another, this other this guy from, uh, whose parents are from Hong Kong, I go back, okay, fine, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna listen to it, I'm gonna finish it, maybe it gets better, and, uh, oh gosh, it's just so bad, I mean, just absolute one star, so boring, do yourself a favor, Wikipedia, the, uh, Wikipedia, listen to the Wikipedia on, uh, Pocket, or, I don't know, you know, I'm sure Business Insider, or some Wall Street Journal articles could tell you everything you need to know, I mean, it's like, I think about like third tier Michael Lewis. It's so much, so much worse than that. Uh, Michael, I mean, I think third tier Michael Lewis is, is pretty decent. Um, I mean, it's just so boring. Like the, the beginning, he starts talking about, oh, you know, Miranda Kerr and Leonardo DiCaprio and Jamie Foxx. And I thought, well, I've never actually heard a book where it began with like listing off these different stars as if, almost as if like that was the bona fides of you to keep listening and be interested in the story and I was like wow I mean this top you know the top Martin Scorsese I mean just like all the top people that you could think of so this guy he funded the Wolf of Wall Street uh that was his, he had that was his, he you know obviously he had a great hit with that um but it was also kind of seemed like a red flag of, of just someone who was name dropping because they didn't really have anything else to go on, um, but, uh, but yeah, and I get, my complaint is not, like, I guess that it's about, oh, it's about greed, or corruption, or there's no heroes, or, you know, like, even I could, you know, normally it's like, I I want a book where there's some value created, or something, something that I can use, I guess, in my own life, even if there is no value created, but uh, there's just not that many there's not that he didn't do that many things with that were all that clever. He basically just uh, threw enough money at enough dumb people um, in in the Arab world and in the Asian world, and uh, had a connection to the prime minister, um, which you know it wasn't necessarily that well earned I mean I don't know I I I don't want to be a hater here but uh I guess it just it just there's nothing not much to um to glean from it 
Um, and I think that, I think the main reason why to read this book would be just to see how you know you from then on you'd be have a barometer of anyone who tells you uh, that a book is good and, and ask them if they like this book and if they like this book then you know that their judgment is incredibly suspect uh, and I guess if you want a barometer of of my my judgment on I have probably tried to uh, listen to every uh, financial uh, you know finance book that I that is possibly out there I would say so my kind of top ones would be the big short then the black swan then this uh, I think very underrated more money than God book by Sebastian Malaby uh, radical markets is probably the least financial it's very financial but it's it's a great recent book that has a lot of ideas that I think you're going to start seeing in policy. Uh, Road to Ruin by James Rickards uh, has a lot of interesting things going on. He worked for long-term capital management. He has friends in the top rungs of BlackRock. Um, and then Michael Lewis's book, Boomerang, on the all that goes to Iceland, Ireland, um, Germany, all the countries, how basically the financial crisis uh, affected every country as the there were articles that were written for Vanity Fair. The one on Greece is pretty incredible. Uh, and then, uh, then Taleb's uh, Anti-Fragile and um, Ray Dalio's Principles. I'm surprised that that seems like a high for that one, but I guess I really did uh, like it when I went through it and had a lot in there. Uh, and then Skin in the Game, Liar's Poker, what, and then what I learned losing a million dollars. And then uh, Jack D. Schwager has these... Um, market wizards books that are pretty great so um uh, let's see i think actually i think i've got six more uh after after those uh yeah so then then when genius failed then new market wizards by jack swagger then michael lewis flash boys which i would say is probably second tier michael lewis which the undoing project being third tier michael lewis uh, then followed by King of Capital, which is about Blackstone, and uh, and then Alpha Masters, basically kind of just going through and talking to different hedge funds, and then we have uh, lastly Reminiscences of a Stock Operator. So all of those are just so infinitely in a different tier than uh, Billion Dollar Whale, um, but uh, but yeah, the by far and away the most interesting thing in this book is uh, the fact that Jordan Belfort, the wolf of Wall Street, the guy that Boiler Room is about, and who wrote the book, he came to a party and the production company wanted to really cozy up to him after they bought the rights to his book, this red granite production company, and Mo wanted to, you know, whatever, bring him in closer and maybe do other deals and things like that. And he smelled, he knew it was a scam from, from the jump as they say, because he just, he saw the amount of money that this guy was spending to bring in Alicia Keys and bring in all of these stars and just wasting, you know, just, you know, he was, where he was spending $3 million on champagne in a single night, uh, just more than anybody. And he's like, you just don't, uh, spend money this way. If it's your, if you've, even, even if you haven't earned it, you don't spend money this way if it's your own money. <laughs> so I just thought it was, it was funny that it, it, took one to know one and he was he was by far the kind of one that acquitted himself 
the the best and and just gave uh, this guy Joe Lowe a wide berth. Um, I, just, I thought that was uh, pretty amazing. Uh, uh, there's one kind of crazy part where um, this BSI Swiss bank is is questioning the movements because basically he would he would send the money to his uh, to his account and then he would send it to his father's account and then his father would send it back to his account and he to um, to and, and and through many other different SPVs and things like that. And he and the bank is compliance department is inquiring about this, and he chides them for their not knowing Chinese customs, and that any money that comes in goes to the parents, and then and and then the parents get to decide what they do with it, and any to do anything else would be uh, disrespectful and bad luck, and so then then that's the reason why the the dad sends it back down into his account. And then uh, I guess that clears the trail for then wherever he wants to move the money after uh, it goes from that account. Uh, what else? Um, I guess we need to make a big, big, large bid in an auction. So they're saying like whatever, you know, 31 million, 31, 5, 32, 32, 5, 33. If you come in and you say 38, that's called a jump bid. That was interesting. So that was when he was bidding on uh, John Basquiat's uh, Dust Heads painting. Uh, there's this uh, Frank, oh, sorry, it was Frank White. I don't know if I got the name. The uh, guy that was an Obama bundler <laughs> that uh, he got a connection to Joe Lowe and was getting money in through him, um, maybe with this intermediary of a guy who used to be with, sing with the Fugees. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. Um, it was, uh, it was also kind of interesting that like so many of these things where these people are running a scam, kind of like that war dogs, um, movie, you know, and there, I guess there's so many of these different ones. Like, I think you could just take like any old, um, Rolling Stone article about a scam or something, and it would be more interesting than this book. Even if you, even if you condensed this entire book to um, to an article, I, I, it's still it's just not that compelling or not that interesting. You just have to be completely bowled over by the tidal wave of uh, the magnitude that it's the biggest scam that has ever happened in the, you know, billions of dollars. I think they said Najib had gotten $3 billion. I might have my numbers off there, but I think, I think that's, I, I remember, I think it was just that, that high. So then how much, obviously, did Joe Lowe have? But, I mean, I honestly, I can't even be bothered to try and add value for you here by, by, you know, coming in with the, uh, you know, whatever the actual, the first debt round that Goldman did and the second debt round and, and how much money flowed into uh, 1MDB overall. I'm, I'm kind of just fatigued from it. And, and I think it's I think it's definitely worth something that you should know about, uh, you know, and, and, and read some articles on um, because it's kind of interesting that, you know, the people of Malaysia were protesting corruption in the streets and they were being 
uh, fire hosed and tear gassed and police were driving cars into crowds of protesters uh, in order to uh, quell them or put them down. And the people didn't even know about <laughs> Joe Lowe and, and all of the corruption that was how much, you know, how much money he was wasting. And they just had I me, mean, they, and the thing that's so crazy is they got all this money and they just never had any assets to show for it. And so they would, they never had any cash. They had all, so many liabilities. It's just like, and they, you know, I, I can't, I mean, it just is amazing that I guess the thing that happens with these things is the people always think that they're going to be able to, you know, they don't go into it wanting to lose a bunch of money. They go into it thinking that they will, um, be able to turn a profit and um, pay for their losses and then they just like quicksand and slowly sink and sink and sink until it's uh, gets to be too much but as I, I was going to say like as with war dogs at least in the movie their undoing is that they just don't pay off this eastern european guy who repackages uh, some ammo for them and has a small amount of money but uh, the Jonah Hill character is just a total dick and just doesn't pay him off. And a lot of Joe Lowe's undoing is to this Petra Saudi guy who just wanted two million dollars in severance uh, after when he when he when he quit, and he was in a jail in Thailand forever. And he ended up like talking to a reporter and and that guy, and so that that. Um, um, put him in the in the crapper. I I, I guess I, another thing we I don't know. I'm listening to a book or reading a book, and the author says, you know, I guess I would I would I would be more. I would rather have the author say, you know what, let them Google it if they don't know what it is, because he the guy said, oh, and he flew into Teterboro, and is like, oh, it's a. It's a small airport outside of Manhattan, you know, by Manhattan that uh, the wealthy fly into. I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, I I felt insulted by his explaining that. But then later on, I mean, I guess he's writing for an international audience. But he goes, the, 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 the yacht or the, he flew into Honolulu, the capital of Hawaii. <laughs> what? Sure, fine, great. And then, like, literally seconds later, this is. And then he went to Beijing, the capital of China. It's just like, what? What is? I don't know. What are you trying to add some gravitas to this? It's, I mean, it's just. Oh God, it was, it was such a burden. It was such a burden to listen to. I can't imagine reading the four hundred and sixteen pages. It was so bad. Um. Okay, yeah, that's it. I mean, I had those are literally that was my bookmarks that I set while reading it. Um, one, two, three, four, five bookmarks. Okay, actually, the 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 number one best thing after or before uh, Jordan Belfort recognizing it's a scam is that very early on he borrows somebody's yacht. I don't know, maybe from like the Arab Emirates to impress. Uh, a guy at, in the Saudi Saudi sovereign wealth fund, uh, or, or vice versa, I, I can't remember. But he, he borrows this guy's yacht, and he has another, and then he has a the, the guy that he's trying to get money from come on board. And um, before he does that, obviously, though, when he's prepping it, he takes the picture of the guy he's borrowing the yacht from. He takes the picture of him and his family 
out from a picture frame and puts a picture of his own family <laughs> in the picture frame, which is genius. So he doesn't he doesn't tell the guy that it's his yacht, but it's just, you know, implied um, that it's his. And then he could always, I guess, uh, skirt out of it by just saying that he wanted to be able to, uh, you know, he likes to keep his family close with uh, photos if um, it was ever uncovered that it wasn't actually his yacht. Um, but okay, yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I can't really help, uh, maybe not to provide any more insight, but it was just uh, left me so stale and um, uh, really just really, really, a, really a, not, a, not, a, not a great read. So cool. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.